Hey, this is Adrian Hernandez, and welcome to the NIH Collaboratory Grand Rounds podcast. We're here to give you some extra time with our speaker and ask some of the tough and interesting questions you want to hear most. If you haven't already, we hope you'll watch the full Grand Rounds webinar recording to learn more. All of our Grand Rounds content can be found at rethinkingclinicaltrials.org. Thanks for joining. Hi, this is Adrian Hernandez with the NIH Collaboratory, and today we're here with uh, Rob Mentz, who will be reflecting on good clinical practice guidance and pragmatic trials, balancing the best of both worlds in the learning health system. So, Rob, uh, thanks for joining us after a great uh, Grand Rounds. Thanks so much, Adrian. It was really a privilege to be able to talk with the group. So, Rob, uh, you know, people often talk about uh, GCP um, and something that we have to do. And I wonder if you could uh, describe a little bit about, you know, what's been your thinking regarding GCP? Why would you even take a deeper dive in this? Great, Adrian. So as we think about what are some of the key values of GCP and the rationale of taking a deeper dive into this, I think it really is based on the context of GCP really does offer some key important benchmarks as we think about scientific standards, trying to harmonize conduct of clinical trials. But over the years, as the clinical trial landscape has changed so much, we felt that it would be so important to get a better understanding of how GCP applies to clinical research in the current environment. And what's, in your view, what's, what's been missing? Like, what's, uh, what's been the challenges here? I think some of the key challenges as we reflect on GCP is that while it gives this construct of different checklists to to try to make clinical research more precise, it misses some of the key details around actually the reliability of research and making sure that it's not just checkboxes around documentation and monitoring, but really that we focus on key efforts that are the key measures for quality in an overall clinical trial. And uh, one of the things that seemed like that came up uh, here is that you know, um, most people you know, thought of uh, GCP in traditional trials uh, for, you know, pragmatic trials or uh, embedded trials with health systems, uh, what are the different issues that come up in that setting versus uh, traditional trials? So in terms of some of the key issues that come up as we think of the application of historic GCP to either pragmatic trials and in particular those embedded within the health system, some of the key areas focus around consent is is it really practical in this setting? Are there strategies that we can actually use opt-out of consent? Figuring out the nature of interventions where it can be very different from a historic clinical trial that might be patient-level randomization, but if we're looking at cluster randomization or health system interventions, but also importantly thinking about some of the regulatory implications. If we're looking at off-label uses of approved products, how do we uh, explore the IRB context is looking at a central IRB versus a local IRB with a multitude of different perspectives. And then some other key measures are actually thinking about data monitoring. So if we're using a trial now embedded with a, within a health system where we may be dependent upon EHR, electronic health record data from a data mart, we may not be able to have some of the historic measures in terms of frequent data checks for data put into a case report form. Uh, in more traditional measures. So it's really getting at the central issues of as research is modernized, we really need to figure out whether or how we can best tailor uh, GCP criteria to support research quality and patient safety. 
Well, it certainly um, poses a, a, a set of different issues. And on, on this uh, Grand Rounds, you know, we had the pleasure of um, a couple people who gave um, perspectives on both on the kind of regulatory as well as the uh, IRB perspective. Uh, so we had the, the good Dr. Rob Califf on as well. And what did you think about what he had to say about GCP? I thought some of the key things that Dr. Califf highlighted were around how we can best apply these principles to trials in different domains and understanding uh, some of the key measures of if we're looking at a comparative effectiveness trial of two therapies that are already at standard of care, that the monitoring and management of that trial really could be quite distinct from uh, many respects in terms of how GCP was initially designed. So I thought he has some really important perspectives uh, as both a trial and investigator and clinical trial leader, but also from a regulatory perspective around those pieces. And then I think there were also additional points made around the IRB perspective. So we, had a, we were fortunate to have a seasoned group of individuals that, with different perspectives on uh, how the IRB landscape has changed and made some important points around monitoring and trials, this adverse event reporting. And I think those are some of the key areas as we think about making the GCP construct more modern is really understanding what is the optimal strategy around adverse event reporting in the context of clinical trials. It sounds like the the timing may be really important now to get people more involved in uh, thinking about how to uh, uh, reform or uh, reapproach GCP. Uh, what are your take-home suggestions regarding how the community should try to address um, the uh, evolution of GCP uh, versus the evolution of clinical trials right now? So I think some of the key messages that were discussed were around much of the work that City has done to really help give a perspective on investigator qualifications and quality by design. So this idea of really to optimize clinical trial quality we need to identify these critical quality factors early on, be able to react over the course of the trial, mitigate these risks, uh, and to be able to accommodate the changing landscape. So there was some really good discussion around the lessons learned from some of the collaboratory trials, including cluster randomized trials as new guidelines are coming out, or the landscape is changing and we now have increased focus on things like the opioid epidemic that may actually influence ongoing clinical trials. So I think the central take-home message, we're figuring out how to best incorporate quality by design into clinical trial conduct and figuring out how to optimize this historic GCP perspective, but making it more modern in terms of investigator qualifications and overall optimizing quality in clinical trials, whether they're pragmatic, embedded within health systems, or even more traditional trials as well. You know, it sounds like, you know, one thing that um, it comes up from this is that, you know, while uh, GCP, when it was uh, first um, uh, put together um, for the conduct of clinical trials, it was in a setting where there wasn't really anything to provide guidance regarding clinical trials and the good conduct of that. Now that um, things have um, evolved, I guess it's also clear that, like, you know, we should consider GCP as an evolving document, hopefully, um, as clinical trials also evolve. Hopefully, um, both can be done in near simultaneous sequence 
so we actually understand with these new approaches with clinical trials that, uh, that so too new standards will be needed in how we ensure good clinical practice and quality. Adrian, I think that's really an excellent point, and a number of the individuals that joined the call highlighted that since the, the earliest GCP document, there have been really important revisions uh, focused on things such as risk-based monitoring, centralized monitoring. So these have been some incremental changes, uh, but I think as Dr. Califf rightfully highlighted, there's, while there's been progress, we really are not necessarily to the extent that we need and that a number of these ongoing efforts through city, through collaboratory efforts, these will really help advance uh, not only this document, but how we conduct clinical research. So, uh, Rob, any last-minute predictions uh, on GCP over the next uh, five years? Well, I think we concluded the discussion with an optimistic outlook that uh, whether through measures such as quality by design and the city efforts, but really getting all the different stakeholders at the table. And that's a critical piece, whether looking at important efforts through uh, PCORI and PCORnet, about making sure we're embedding patients' uh, voice and involvement in clinical trials from the onset. So I think that would be a key message as we move forward, thinking how we best change some of this guidance, but making sure that all the different stakeholders have a seat at the table. Terrific. So, uh, Rob, uh, thanks uh, for joining us on this uh, podcast. And for everyone, thanks for listening to this podcast. And and please join us uh, for our next podcast as we continue to highlight fascinating and important changes in the research world. Thanks for joining today's NIH Collaboratory Grand Rounds podcast. Let us know what you think by rating this interview on our website, And we hope to see you again on our next Grand Rounds, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time.